This is a sort of Star Wars podcast. This is where the fun begins. Back it up, fuzzball. I feel the force. Welcome back to a sort of Star Wars podcast, the podcast that is sort of about Star Wars and sort of about everything else. And today we are talking about The Empire Strikes Back. It is the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back, and there is no other guest host I would want to have on more than Mr. Mandalorian Mennonite, Jared himself. Welcome, Jared. How you doing, Ryan? Good. Great. The listeners don't know, but this is our second try at this. <laughs> we... uh had some technical difficulties both on both of our ends, which uh, is uh, more so my end. Some shoddy DSL <laughs> service. That's, that's just podcasting. That's just podcasting. So um, we are going to have completely genuine reactions to everything we say to each other. Oh, absolutely. Um, no, this has happened a couple times where we've had to record entire episodes over. At least, I mean, we were only like five or ten minutes into the episode. So, um, and it's amazing how different the conversation can go the second time around. But um, something we had talked about was how the Revenge of the Sith is 15 years old today, and the Phantom Menace is 21 years old today, mm-hmm. the day of recording. Not the day of release, but the day of recording. And Empire Strikes Back is 40 on the 21st. That would be yesterday when this episode comes out, this Friday. So, Empire Strikes Back is officially over the hill. <laughs> Can you imagine being that old? That would be, wow, I can't even... Yeah, th- thanks, Ryan. Thanks. <laughs> I was born before Empire Strikes came out there, bud. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to get do a few get-to-know-you questions. Okay. Um, and I already know the answers, but our listeners don't yet. <laughs> so <laughs> what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Well, Ryan, I think it'll be a shock to everybody that it's The <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Nice, nice. Uh, I kind of knew that beforehand. Um, and that is why I invited you on this. When I found out that this May was going to be the 40th anniversary, I thought Jared will be perfect to have one for that. He has a, uh, unconditional love for the Empire Strikes Back. Absolutely. Second only to the Phantom Menace, I believe. I believe. <sighs> you, you know, that's like number nine on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it made the list. Actually, it no. Made the list. <laughs> actually, no. I think it's number eight because I think, well, I don't know. It, it. It, go- it jostles back and forth with Attack of the Clones and maybe The Last Jedi. Oh, really? Last Jedi's that far down? Yeah, it just, it irritates me a little in, in places. The more I watch it, the more yeah. I'm on board with what they did. But Yeah, it'll be interesting to see in years down the road how our ideas of the sequels or the prequels change. But anywho, that's question one. Question number two, how did you get into Star Wars? So my first memories of Star Wars would be like when I was really young and we first got a VCR and we recorded like A New Hope off of like CBS on Sunday night. And that's how I watched them for the longest time until my parents finally got me like the VHS copies of 4, 5, 6. So, but I've I'm always been predisposed to like sci-fi in general. Like yeah. I, I like Star Trek as well. Not as much as Star Wars. Don't get angry, people. But, but uh, yeah, I've always been into the more space-oriented things. They've always interested me. Yeah. Um, 
do you still, or do your parents maybe still have copies of those recorded off TV Star Wars movies? Oh, no way. No way. Oh, man. No, once I got, once I got the VHS copies, and I still have them, by the way. And do you have the original VHSs or like the remastered ones? I have the THX remastered ones, but Vader okay. still has eyebrows at the end of uh, oh, okay. at the end of Jedi. I never noticed that before. Oh I mean, yeah, that was one thing that they changed, but I never noticed that. Yeah, it's it's like distracting when you watch it that way now. I'd like to see like the original original. I don't know if I've ever seen them. Maybe I did the very first time, but the only the oldest copies I have now are the ones with like they added in all the cgi with backs fl- yeah and all that stuff yeah and and, and uh java java the hut yeah. in in four yeah 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 okay question number three when you're not watching star wars what show or movie are you watching all right movie would probably be my all-time fave which is the hunt for red october with that lovable Scottish Russian sub captain Sean Connery, <laughs> and the one appearance of Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan, so oh oh I, I totally forgot that was a Jack Ryan movie. Oh yeah, it's a Jack uh, Ryan movie, but it's before Harrison Ford was Jack Ryan. So you, you mean John Krasinski? Oh, yeah, gosh, <laughs> I haven't I, seen those at all. Have you watched those? I, not yet, and I probably will suck it up and just watch them. But I'm, it's going to take me a couple episodes to not be like, "Why is Jim killing people?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what was his other movie? The one that he directed? Um, Into the no the the quiet. What is it called? Oh, you have me. I have no idea. It's him and Emily Blunt. Okay. And oh my word. I can't believe I can't think of it. People are probably screaming at me, but it's like a horror-ish movie, um, and it was pretty interesting. He said it's like, it's like a, uh, uh, he made it for his family and stuff like that. Like he has, he has kids with Emily Blunt. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like two daughters. Yeah, but it's like it's a really weird like horror-ish movie. So I'd be interested to watch it, but I don't think Jim Halpert is the role he plays in that one either. So, okay. So now that we know you, we can now listen to your views, even though they may be wrong. So, um. <laughs> I'm shaking my head, even though the audience can't see it. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so we kind of disagree on where this movie falls. You have it at the top. I have it closer to the bottom. But like I always say, whenever I rewatch a Star Wars movie, it like climbs up on the list. Like mm-hmm. my favorite one is like the one that I'm currently watching. So you, you and, have, you have recency bias, is what you're saying? Yeah, I didn't know that was a term, but yes, I would, I would. That sounds like the correct term for yes. what I have. So, mm-hmm. um, so I just need to watch Empire Strikes Back more, and then I'll keep getting higher on my list. But my Some... list is more just like a a plane. It's not like a <laughs> list. It's like a plane where at the end it dips a little bit for Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister's yelling at you right now. Yeah, sorry, Molly. <laughs> just dips a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, Attack of the Clones um, is at the bottom for me, too. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to talk about a couple things about Empire Strikes Back. Our favorite, a couple of our favorites. So let's start off with uh, our favorite character. Um, and I um, think that Han... I think I feel like Han is the main character of this movie. When I watched it again this time, I was like, 
Han seems to be in most of the scenes. I'd like to see like a breakdown of who's in it the most because I feel like Han is. Um, but my favorite character, which I like in this movie because I don't like Han a lot in the other movies. Um, but my favorite character has to be Yoda. Um, he comes on a scene so like ridiculous. Like he's, and I guess he's playing a role um, of like this like strange old whatever. I don't know what he's supposed to be. But he's saying all this wild stuff to Luke and he's carrying on and he's stealing food and hitting R2-D2 with a stick, which he knows R2-D2. Like, he's seen R2-D2 a thousand times before. Um, but, and then, uh, and then he changes into this wise old guy and he's got awesome powers and yeah, so he's my favorite of this movie. This movie. Overall, I, I'm not a huge Yoda fan. I like his wisdom. But the prequels kind of ruined Yoda for me. I don't yeah, know. they Just, did. They kind of yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. It's all. Mace, I like him. It's all Mace Windu's fault. <laughs> it, it is all Mace Windu's fault. <laughs> Everything that ever happened bad in the Star Wars universe is Mace Windu's fault. Um, but the I like sequel Yoda, and I like like Last Jedi Yoda. I like, and I like Empire Strikes Back Yoda. But prequel Yoda, except except in attack of the clones right when he comes in and he has his first lightsaber battle with dooku yes i love that scene when i saw that in theaters my mind was blown and i just love that scene he's jumping around like a little frog and then when it's over he picks his cane back up and he like hobbles off starts but... limping off again yes yes what about you you are totally right about han by the way han is yeah. han is a second for me in this movie but han is living his best life in the empire strikes back but yep. this movie is all about Vader for me because okay. Darth Vader becomes the Darth Vader that everybody loves. He's yes. cho- he's choking officers out left and right. Um, he I mean, is like choke crazy in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Like in the first movie, he like chokes a guy for real. And then he chokes a guy at the table. And I'm trying to think if he does any more choking other than that. No, I don't think in that one. But, I mean, yeah. right, out, right out the gate, I mean, he's, he's choking fools in this movie. Every time someone makes some mistakes, he just, he just chokes them to death. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. so but yeah, I mean, he, he's so much more sinister in this movie than mm-hmm. four. And yeah. six was the redemption. So, the, they, they played way more of the conflict that was just evident in him. So, the... Yeah. the Empire Strikes Back, Vader is the best Vader. The best? I don't know, the Rogue One Vader. I like the Rogue One Vader. Oh, he's in but... he's in Rogue One for like two scenes. He's even awesome. Even though what 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 does he do to to what's his name? Uh, Krennic. Krennic. To choke, choke on, on your aspirations. aspirations. Yes, yes. Director. Director. <laughs> <laughs> and the scene in the in the hallway too. You know, that's just so good. But oh, or he picks up the rebel and like slams him up uh, up on the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, just like yeah. cuts him open as he's walking by. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. But other other than those fifteen seconds, I would say that yeah, this was best. This is best Vader. Yep, absolutely. Um, now in this movie, maybe we'll talk. Well, let's just jump to favorite song, and maybe we'll talk about this. Um, what would you say is your favorite song in the movie? And this should be everybody's favorite song because it's the song the movie is known for. It's the Imperial <laughs> March, man. Yes, I thought you would say that, and that was my first go-to. But then when I was watching it, I was like, I picked a different one. But let's talk about Imperial March for a minute. Okay. Um, would you call the Imperial March Vader's theme? 
Yeah, I would, because because the Emperor has his own music, which, if you notice, right. they, they yeah. bring back in the sequel trilogy. Right. With Snoke. For Snoke. Yep, yeah. you got it. So, so no, the Emperor has his own music. The, the Imperial March is absolutely Vader's jam. He's listening yeah. to that in his little, like, like pressurized chamber. chamber. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's just, they call it the Imperial March. I think of Emperor when I think of Imper- Imperial. Um, but yeah, it's Vader's, it's Vader's theme music. It's, Va- like it's real, Vader's theme. I mean, he, he's the It's like main... his walkout music, like in WWE. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> but he, I mean, he's the main bad guy of this movie. So yeah. e- even though they introduce the Emperor, you really, they, they leave the Emperor way more mysterious. And you got to remember when, when people were watching this movie for the first time, there was no prequels. So you don't right. know his name is Sheev Palpatine. You don't know he was a senator and then the chancellor. You just know he's some evil dude telling Vader what to do. But Vader's right. still the main baddie. Yeah, yeah. And it is interesting to think about when this movie came out, how you didn't know anything about the Emperor. He's like, mm-hmm. Snoke in Last Jedi is the Emperor in this movie. He's like a hologram the entire time. You don't like see him. He's just like in control, but you don't know who he is. And people like threw a huge fit. They're like, who's Snoke? I need to know more about Snoke. Where did he come from? Who is he? Blah, 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 blah. I wonder if people went nuts like that when the Emperor was introduced back in 1980. And people were like, this movie is so stupid because they didn't tell me who Snoke was or who the Emperor was. Did, but... they, also, did they also talk about fan service in 1982? <laughs> no, people just <laughs> went to the movies and enjoyed it. That's what they did in 1980. Yeah, I kind of think, so. think that's how it was as well. Yeah. Um, so no, the song that I picked was Yoda's theme. The one where um, he picks the X-Wing up out of the water. Yes, yes. They, they bring that back in nine. Yes, and I don't know if that's what made it made me like it even more, was thinking about how it is in nine also and they bring it back. But that scene is really powerful, I think, when he's lifting it up after Luke, who obviously is more fit, who is bigger, you know, he's like, and Yoda's making a point, like, it doesn't matter. The force is something that is you don't have the power within you for the force. It's you just are using you're using the force around you. And so you can pick this huge thing up. Even though it looks like it takes about all of Yoda's energy to do it. It was it was cool how they brought it back in nine when Luke finally lifts it up out of the water in nine. And so I think that's what probably made me like it even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh let's see. Favorite scene in the movie what is your favorite scene in the movie it's absolutely the whole it's probably the end of the vader luke fight when vader just stops screwing around and he's getting down yeah. to brass tacks hacking away at luke <laughs> and yeah. because because this this is the other reason that i think this movie is so just fantastic and i'm very much adamant that when you introduce somebody to star wars I'm okay if you start them at Rogue One, because I think Rogue One it feeds into A New Hope perfectly. But I am adamant that you do not start with the prequels. And the main reason is, you need that holy crap moment when right. Vader tells Luke that he's his father. Right. I, will, I will never forget that when I showed this movie to my, my oldest two daughters for the first time, I literally, I wasn't even watching the movie. <laughs> I was sitting and watching them, just for their reaction when Vader said, I am your father. Their jaws dropped and their eyes bugged out of their heads like you wouldn't believe. I think that moment, that singular moment in Star Wars is why you you must start with the original trilogy. Yeah, I agree. 100% I agree. 
I am pretty amazed that you were able to keep that a secret from your daughters um, because like my kids haven't seen that movie and they already know I probably because I told them you know what I mean that Vader is Luke's mm-hmm. father because you know we talk and we play with Lego or toys or whatever and they like want to know who's this and who's this and who's this so I've told them already so it won't be like a, a thing for them when they see it because they'll already know that but to that's awesome that that your girls got to experience that because those are the things that star Wars, like I'd love to go back totally ignorant of everything that happens and rewatch them again to see, like just to be amazed by it all over again. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember that was one of the main things that hooked me on star Wars when I first watched them as a kid, just that moment that you're like, wait a minute, the, <laughs> the main bad guy is the main right. a- like protagonist's dad. Like, what is this guy? Like, what is this director writer doing? Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's such a good moment. Yeah, I love that. Um so maybe we'll jump right in. Is that your favorite line from the movie as well? The no, I'm your father. Mm, no. No. Oh, okay. Okay. However however, okay, so I was writing down good lines. There are so many stinking good so lines many. in this movie. Oh yeah. Like, um when Han says to to Chewie, laugh it up, fuzzball. Yes, yes. I laugh at it every time. That whole like scene right there where like she calls mm-hmm. him a scruffy looking nerf herder and Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love how he like she... so Han where he's like, Who are you calling scruffy looking? It's just like perfect Han. <laughs> she and... expressed her true love for me. <laughs> like like it's more Han Han has a lot of good lines in this, like Yeah. Like when Leia went before he's getting frozen and she goes, I love you and he just replies mm-hmm. with, I know. Yeah. So Which good. I know I, I had heard that, that was like ad libbed by him. And I like found like this line that was supposed to be scripted and he supposedly ad libbed this and then an interview came out later saying no. They had talked about it and rearranged the script. But either way, that was a perfect Han delivery. I mean obviously oh, it's Harrison Ford, so I mean mm-hmm. you can't be any more Han than that. But yeah, it's just like perfect. But, uh, but Yoda has some good lines like that is why you fail. Yes. But but again, the movie comes down to Vader for me. So my my favorite is Vader, but some of the other ones I like from Vader is the after he chokes out Captain Nita, apology accepted, Captain <laughs> Nita. Yeah. And after Luke jumps out of the cryo pit and he realizes mm-hmm. he's up high, right. impressive, most impressive. <laughs> but my favorite line in the entire thing is when Lando complains for the second time about the deal. And Vader oh, yes. chop, chops him right off and goes, I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. Yeah. That's my favorite line in the whole thing. I think he says that twice. Doesn't he say that twice? Um, he, like, he, it's right after like the dinner, the dining yeah, room scene. Right after it, he, he says a line about that he's changing changing something right. about it. But yeah. then but then when he says that he's taking Chewie and, uh, Leia, and Leia, yeah, he says that wasn't Pray part of the deal. Yeah. I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. I love that I like, line. I feel bad for Lando in this movie. He's stuck in such a terrible place. I don't think mm-hmm. he's trying. Like he honestly was not trying to be mean to Han or screw things up. I think he was happy to see Han. I I really do. And then, but he's got to like trick him, and he ends up doing the right thing in the end. So yeah, he does. So I'm a robot. But what is your favorite line in the movie? I don't think I said my favorite scene either. But it's basically the same. The lightsaber fight. I like the whole. I like how the lightsaber fight is so drawn out. Um, like it's it's like some action, then some dialogue, and then it's like fast, slow, fast, and then there's like this long time where 
Luke is just like walking through different areas mm-hmm. and like like I just it's it's funny in my mind to picture Vader like sneaking around through that like tunnel that like lights up and it's like oh he's gonna have to follow me through here <laughs> just like can't picture Vader like going through all this stuff and Luke following after him um but it's cool how they broke it up there's like the original part where like Luke is all angry and he's like going at Vader and then they like take a little break and then Vader starts throwing stuff at Luke and Luke looks like he's trying to hit a pinata honestly it's like pretty embarrassing how terrible he is at trying to block these things flying at him mm-hmm. um but then after that then it goes to like the catwalk scene where Vader like you said just is like okay I played with this guy enough it's time mm-hmm. to show him what's up so oh yeah and Vader totally like I, I love how they change his demeanor through that entire like lightsaber duel. He starts out totally toying with Luke. He's just yeah. one, he's he's just holding a saber with one hand and just yeah. I mean he knocks he knocks Luke back once, mm-hmm. but then as Luke is just getting more into it, but uh, yeah, he does the whole thing where he's chucking and then Luke goes flying out out that window and right. somehow lands on a catwalk. <laughs> but then once Vader finds him after then, Vader is completely done screwing around. Yeah. It's it's yeah. both hands on the lightsaber and I'm baseball batting you with this yes. with this lightsaber. So But it is pretty I made a note that it's pretty impressive Luke Luke's lightsaber skills because this is the first time Wait, am I forgetting something? No, this is the first time that Luke has fought anyone with a lightsaber. Yeah, other than like those little droidy floaty things that shoot lasers at him right because yoda didn't teach him anything he trained with yoda but yoda didn't fight him with lightsaber Mm -hmm. and he didn't train with obi-wan with a lightsaber other than just defending himself so he does pretty good against vader for the first time unless you want to consider the cave on dagobah i don't consider that okay that was just like one stroke i guess we could consider it but uh okay so my favorite line i was torn my first i wrote down luminous beings are we not this crude matter which is one of my favorite quotes from yoda Mm -hmm. um basically saying like our bodies aren't what lasts forever our bodies we just have now and Mm -hmm. we are much more than the physical bodies that we're in um which really makes me think about how the force is really a religion not like some sort of magic it's like a religion uh, Mm -hmm. which you don't i mean they mentioned in the first movie that the one guy says to vader you're the last one of that ancient religion or whatever it doesn't Ho- call it like a, a, a hokey dying, religion like a dying religion or something yeah like something that. like that but um i like that line but the no i am your father has to take top top line in the movie for me because like you said it's just a wow factor it just like blew people's minds and mind when i first heard it so absolutely yeah that's our favorites now let's get into everything else about the movie I got all these notes here of things about the movie. Um, let's start with the Battle of Hoth. How we talked about this briefly before we had to restart, but I'm not a huge fan of this Battle of Hoth. But you're saying you really like it because of the snow speeders, the ATATs. I just the ATATs don't do it for me. I just don't see them as scary. Um, but like you said, the snow speeders are awesome. I got a Lego snow speeder. It was probably my first. Star Wars Lego set. I still have it together. I had mm-hmm. that back when I was like 10 or 12. I don't know whenever it came out, but I love that one. So I'd love to have the AT-AT Lego set because um, I think it's a really cool piece of machinery. I just think it's not scary. <laughs> like if I saw that coming at me, I'd be like, okay, that thing is super slow. I can so easily outmaneuver that thing. Um, 
but they kind of chalk it up to be really, really scary. So I'm just not getting it. Well, other than the snow speeders doing tow cables and wrapping the legs, that thing kind of wrecked the entire base. I know. It's like, <laughs> yes, it did. You're right. And I guess that's the reason to be scared of it. It's just I, I can't believe that it would do that, but it I mean, did. Think, so. th- I mean, e- even thinking forward into like the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. the episode yeah. where he's on the green planet, the, and the, the, that little village is absolutely terrified of an ATST. Yeah. Well, the ATST, I think, are. I would be more scared of those than the ATAT. The ATSTs, they can maneuver and they can go in tight spaces and they, they're quick and they can jump. And But the ATATs are. It, all I think about is the Family Guy parody where they talk about uh, how they should be good unless the enemy has slow robotic camels. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much what they are. Yeah, but they're heavily armored and yes, yep, and have yeah. big old cannons on them. Yeah, yeah. But in Rogue One, they bring an ATAT in in Rogue One and mm-hmm. on the beach of Scarif, and that seemed a lot scarier to me. I think they just probably did a better job of making it seem scary in most that likely. movie because it's newer. Likely. But I think a lot of the the scene on Hoth though is just the cinematics of it. Mm-hmm. It's completely like just the contrast between the the just straight white of everything, right, and just everything else going on. It just it gives it a completely different feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. The I, I guess I do like that scene. I like how it shows the Empire at the end of the first movie. The Empire kind of I mean lost. But in this mm-hmm. one, Empire, quote, strikes back. But you really see how much more powerful the Empire is than the Rebels. They have this, like, way better equipment that they're using. And like you said, they're just, like, destroying uh, the Rebels' outfit there. And it's just, it is, uh, like, as a viewer, you're like, come on, Rebels, get it together. Fight back or do something. But ultimately, they can't, like, they have no power over the Empire at this point. And yeah, you really I mean, get to see how powerful the Empire is. Yeah. Those like surface cannons they have protecting the base like do nothing, nothing. absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, somehow they get their transports out though. So, well, it's that it's that big ion cannon that takes out the, uh, you know that that one in a million precise shot from the yes. surface of a planet to orbit. You know somehow <laughs> somehow perfectly hits the the star destroyer. And how come the Empire has such better looking ships than the Republic? I feel like every time I see the Republic ships or the Rebels ships. I'm like these things are so ugly. Like, there's no like sleek lines to them. It's all like oh no, the medical frigate is horrible. Yeah, I can't even like. I'm like, I don't know who designed this, but I'm sorry. I think they Um, make up for it in in Jedi though. Once they bring out the Mon Calamari cruisers, those are pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it's showing how like rigid the Empire is, and the Rebels are not like that at all. Maybe it's trying to show that just through their ships, but yeah. Um. We talked about this. A couple things that we get to see for the first time in this movie. Some Force Ghosts, uh, the Super Star Destroyer, the Emperor, um, Skype Force Choking, Darth Vader's Gross Head. Uh, you were saying we got to see Lando. Yep, Lando. Uh, I, IG Unit. IG um, Unit, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. So Boba Fett, I don't know if you knew this. I've said it before in the podcast about how he was brought in in the holiday special which came out before this did. But he was just a like mid-holiday special animated cartoon where they brought in this guy Boba Fett. And he was such like a... 
I think, if I'm remembering correctly, he was such like a hit. Kids loved him. He was like the coolest guy in the world. And then they brought him into the Empire Strikes Back. Um, after well, the, that. Ho- the holiday special isn't on Disney Plus, so <laughs> it's on so. YouTube. Uh, oh, I'll give you five dollars if you can make it through the whole movie. <laughs> it, there are parts where I'm like, "Oh my word, what was Lucas thinking?" Honestly, it is very, very hard to watch. Um, which I hear, I see most people, most Star Wars fans, have the same problem. They're like, "It's Christmas time." I tried watching the holiday special again. Gave up a quarter of the way through again. It's just that's just maybe that was special. the maybe that was the same night that Lucas dreamt up Jar Jar and the love <laughs> angle between Anakin and Padme. <clears throat> when we were watching, what were we watching? Uh, Revenge of the Sith or Attack of the? Cl- I think it was Attack of the Clones. And uh, Melody, my wife, said, "Why would Padme go for Anakin when Obi Wan is standing right there?" <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good point. <laughs> you and McGregor or uh, a guy with a braid coming off the side of his head. But, you know, the heart what wants what it wants. So this thing would be, this is a note that I took that would be specific to our line of work. So we, I work at a collision shop and you work at a insurance company mm-hmm. that writes estimates for cars that are in collision shops. So that's how we get to work together. When the Star Destroyers are trying to track down the Falcon, you get three Star Destroyers all coming close together and the Falcon outmaneuvers them and you get these giant ships scraping along each other. And my mind went to, I wonder if there's insurance for those. What kind of, who writes the estimates to repair repair the Star Destroyers? And who's the one that gets to go to Vader and say, uh... I scratched your Star Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where they get the parts from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Empire. That's where they get the parts from. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Which people who aren't in the industry won't know what Empire is. But it is an yeah, after, it's a quality aftermarket parts sales uh, company. Yeah, it's a, that's a 20-hour dent on the, on the shield generator. <laughs> People also won't get that reference. No, people won't get that one either, but we get it, and that's all that matters. Um, so another thought that I had was, so Luke goes to Dagobah to see Yoda, because Obi-Wan tells him to. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Obi-Wan also told Yoda that Luke was coming? I wonder if like if Obi-Wan and Yoda are having like regular conversations, because they, he does talk about it a little bit, how they were talking, how... Luke is impatient and all this stuff, but I absolutely think so. And I think when Luke is there and Yoda's playing the stupid, clumsy, old, mm-hmm. random native card, right. I, I think Yoda knows exactly who that is. Okay, I didn't know if he like saw him come in and he could like he sensed it when he saw it, or if Obi Wan had told him he was coming and Yoda like concocted this plan. He's like, I'm gonna act like a really annoying child. And see how Luke reacts how, to it. How he reacts and yeah. how he... Yeah, exactly. But I, was trying he, to re, I was trying to think, Revenge of the Sith, does Yoda know that the kids survive? Yeah, he does. He's there. Okay. okay. I couldn't remember. Yeah. It's been a while since I saw Yeah, the because at the end of Sith, uh, Bail Organa and yeah. Obi-Wan... And Yoda sit down and decide oh, what they're doing right. with the kids. And Yoda says, "Split up, they should be." Yeah. And Organa says, "We've always, we've Wonder always talked of adopting a baby yeah. girl." 
And then Obi-Wan says, what of the boy? And he says, to Tatooine with yeah. his family. Yeah, I forgot so, about that. Yep. Yeah, so Yoda, Yoda is very much aware. So whenever we watch, whenever we get to that part, if I'm watching with my daughter, it reminds me of the first time that I saw that training scene on Dagobah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, it's actually before that when they're like in the hut. Um, the first time I saw it with my daughter, she was, I don't know, five at the time, four or five. And it got to the part where it should have the seagulls stop it now song. And she was so <laughs> upset that the song didn't start. She's like, wait, why isn't the song starting? She's too used to her <laughs> Disney movies where they just go into song at any minute. And she loved that seagulls stop it now YouTube bad lip reading. And so she was so confused why that wasn't playing. So we really well, need like a, a new cut remastered that has all the bad lip reading songs injected into the middle of it. Well, when you were mentioning at the end of the Dooku battle, when Yoda just picks up his stick and starts like limping <laughs> off again, I did almost make a crack that it's better than bacon. It's better than bacon. <laughs> <clears throat> I haven't listened to that one enough. You reference it pretty often. And I'm like, oh, I, it ne- my, I never get it like right away. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the song. Yeah. My, my daughters and I break out in that song <laughs> at least once a week. So <clears throat> that's awesome. Okay, so I had I had a hard time backing up here. I had a hard time making it through this movie the first time I went to rewatch it to refresh myself for this. We had just got back from a long weekend, and I had just driven like four hours, and we got home, got unpacked, got the kids in their beds, and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Empire Strikes Back, and I kept nodding off in the movie. Like, I pretty much know what happens in the movie, but I'm like, I should refresh myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like nodding off and nodding off. And one note that I'd make during that first time was – how can Vader not realize that Leia is his daughter with the amount of like force, whatever feeling that you yeah. can get? I mean, in Rebels, he realizes uh, like he can sense Ahsoka and stuff like that. And I, and that's way farther away than him and Leia when they're like right next to each other. But then when I rewatched it, I noticed Leia looking at Vader in a very strange way in the scene where Han's about to get frozen in carbonite. So, if you go back and watch, Han is talking to Chewbacca, because Chewbacca is about to, like, get all upset, and he's attacking Mm -hmm. stormtroopers, while they're handcuffing Chewbacca, and Han is telling him, like, you need to take care of her while I'm gone, Leia is looking directly at Vader with this look, like, I, like, I don't know, she just has this look in her eye, and to me, she's saying, like, why do I have this, like, connection to you? Why why am I feeling something towards you? But Mm -hmm. then, after, like, two seconds she go back and she goes back and talks to han and i wonder does vader know that leia is his daughter he knows now that luke is his son but does he know that Va- that leia is his daughter well he was never aware it was twins right yeah so I w- so i mean it, in his little however it would work he can pro- I, I imagine he can tell that she's force sensitive mm-hmm. because in the trench on the first first death star he doesn't know that's luke ahead of him oh right but but he knows the force is strong with this one yeah so i I imagine i mean he's had a run-in with with leia before i mean right at the beginning of a new hope when they're trying to right yeah true yeah when when they're when when they're trying to get the plans and then when he brings her before tarkin on the death star yeah so i imagine he senses wow this leia girl has the force is strong with her right but I don't think there's any inkling or anything at that point that he's related to her. Yeah. Huh. I've, I just feel like he would have figured it out, but, or at least felt her force sensitivity and done something to try and 
turn her to the dark side before even Luke, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But it is it is kind of genuine in in Jedi when Luke is hiding from him under all that mm-hmm. scaffolding and stuff, and and your your feelings are strong, sister. Like right. like holy crap! I have a daughter. Right, right. Have you ever seen I? forget if it's like the how it should have ended have you watched those videos on youtube uh i've watched a couple of them okay um it has one where i think it's that one or is it robot chicken i don't know where vader finds out that it's like him and the emperor and the emperor says i'm sure this is anakin skywalker's son and vader's like mm-hmm. what i have a son and he's like running around telling everybody i'm a father i'm a father he's like, <laughs> totally totally opposite of how it is in the movie it's so good well yeah that's true too because because when the, the emperor says this is the the offspring of Anakin Skywalker or whatever, and then he he has to tell him the good old line: "Search your feelings, right? You know it to be true, right?" Which is what so. Vader says to Luke when he has to convince Luke of the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing that I when when Luke is out on like the thing, he got, just got his hand cut off, and Vader's like reaching out to him and says like, "Join me," you know that whole thing. I was like, this is exactly like Kylo reaching for Rey in The Last Jedi when he's like, join me and together we can rule the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, like Kylo didn't seem like he didn't want to rule alone. Just like Vader, it doesn't seem like he wants to rule alone. He seems like he genuinely wants Luke to join him. It's hard to know. I mean, I think Kylo had different intentions than Vader, but the similarity just really stuck out to me this time watching it through. Like This is very similar to that scene. Where he's standing there with his hand out, and I'm sure Ryan Johnson knew that when he made that scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that but... that's fully intentional. Yeah. I mean, th- there's there's threads like that through all the mm-hmm. movies. I mean, Luke gets his arm cut off. Well, Anakin gets his arm cut off by Dooku yep. in in two, yeah. and then Anakin cuts Dooku's off in three, and then yeah, I mean, so it it uh, it's one of those things they they kind of they're good at bringing things back full circle kind of like luke fails to lift the x-wing out of the swamp in in empire and yoda does it but then when when luke finally does it for ray in nine they it's the same music so yeah they're, they're they're very good at being what's the word i'm looking for consistent yeah consistent with with like the moments yeah so I, yeah, I think they're trying to feed into the nostalgia a lot. Oh, absolutely. Um, which is fine. Absolutely. I love it. I don't I don't care if it's fan service. I love it. Well, and I mean, even when even when uh, the first time we see, we, well, not the first time we see Snoke, but the throne room scene when Kylo brings Rey before him, mm-hmm. it's the Emperor's music. Right, right. I picked that, like, I was sitting in the theater, I'm like, why is this the Emperor's music? <laughs> I'm like, it's cool, but I'm like, Okay, and I mean, I mean, you, you know, I was on the, I was on the, the Emperor is coming back in some way, shape, or form train. Yeah, pretty much the whole time because I was also on the Ray was a Palpatine train. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I've always appreciated, especially musically, when they do things like that as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, what about you? Did you have any like standout things that you're like, oh, I didn't notice this before, or something that you? What are some things that you? Let me think. I every time I watch this movie, when Luke gets gets whacked off his tauntaun by that monster thing, mm-hmm. every time I'm like, 
you just chopped his arm off. Just kill the thing and stay in the cave. Right, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> he wanders out like 15 feet and then collapses. It's just like, and then, you should have just stayed in the cave. You should have just stayed in the cave. You have a weapon, he doesn't. <laughs> One thing I did think about, um, so it takes a lot of his willpower or force concentration to get that lightsaber out of the snow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But later, when he's fighting Vader, his lightsaber gets knocked out of his hand and like right away i mean it like flies across the room into his hand like he's like he's got it down now so I thought that was pretty interesting and that was like before and after training with yoda yeah i was so, about to say he, he had been with yoda for a little bit so yeah. i guess carrying that little dude on your back as your backpack <laughs> yeah turns you into you know borderline jedi knight overnight yeah uh <laughs> one more thing that i picked out that was interesting uh close to the end of the movie it's the very last scene of the movie um leia or uh han is frozen lando and chewie are going in the falcon to find han and rescue him Mm -hmm. um and so it's luke in the medical bay and leia's there and 3po and r2 are there and leia goes up to the window and luke goes over there and puts his arm around leia and then I thought about, like, oh, yeah, like, one of the last times he saw Leia, she kissed him on his mouth. And since then, she has kissed Han a few times and told Han that she loves him. But Luke doesn't know that any of that happened. <laughs> so oh, absolutely. At, at the end, does Luke still think he's like, this is, you know, my girl, we're going to, you know, be boyfriend, girlfriend at the end of the movie? And yeah, I don't know. That'd be an awkward conversation for Leia to have uh, with Luke. So I just, I don't know. Just was something I just thought of this time. I, I tend to think that 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 little maybe weirdness may have been brought up in the writing of Return of the Jedi <laughs> because, like, he he learns that Leia's his sister pretty quick in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So so that does two things. That that totally kills Luke's chances. But then that makes the beginning and Hoth make you go. Ooh, yes. Oh, little, little brother sister kissy kiss there. <laughs> yes, yes. Very so. awkward. But I love that scene um, before the kiss. Um, like we were talking about before, it has such good lines with Leia and Han back and forth. Um, a lot of the, I had a new respect for the Leia and Han scenes in this movie with the with their theme playing in the background and all that stuff. I like I like them as a couple. I like Kira and Han better, but. Uh, <laughs> I, don't think, I, I, think don't, your, I think your wife does too. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get that. So, unfortunately. Oh, another odd, in, like, like since I'm married to my wife, she's very good at picking out, like, little inconsistencies in movies. So, like, when I watch things now, I look for that. Another really weird thing I noticed is when they lower Han into the carbonite, mm. his hands are bound. Right. And then when he comes up and he's frozen... <gasps> Yeah, his hands he's like, are up. He's like, he's like sticking them up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how like, that happened. Like, I feel like they're, like you said, they're pretty good at consistency. But that one, I don't know how they didn't realize that when when they made that. But, okay, well, if you don't have any other things that really stuck out to you, I have some trivia. Um, trivia. I mean, not like, I just have like tidbits of information that I thought were pretty interesting. Not like ask you questions trivia. Um, but we'll call this the Star Wars random facts of the podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. 
as you wish. Because um, I couldn't keep it to just one, since we're focusing on this movie specifically. Um, and maybe you knew some of these already, but we'll just, I'll just go down the list here. Um, in order to avoid sharing creative rights, George Lucas decided to avoid using a major studio to finance this movie. Instead, he uh, used the 18 million, uh, 18 million of his own money uh, to produce it, uh, which was basically his profits from A New Hope uh, and a bank loan. Uh, he recovered his investment, so he recovers $18 million investment within three months of the movie's release, which is pretty good, I think. Um, well, for, for 1980, that's pretty excellent. Yes. Um, he then showed gratitude far beyond the Hollywood norm by sharing the profits with his employees nearly $5 million in bonuses. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. So it's pretty impressive that he could make the movie without... Um, I don't know what they call that. I, I would call it like being independent, but I don't know what they actually call it. Um, but apparently he got kicked out of like a lot of like the screenwriters guild and the directors guild and a lot of stuff. Like he put a, a lot of stuff on the line when he made this movie and it like hurt him down the line. Like he couldn't hire specific actors because of it and stuff like that. So it was kind of interesting. Um, but I guess if you do something like that and it's successful, you get more money. Oh. I think it worked out for him in the end. Yeah, I think so. I wonder how long it took Disney to make their money back on Star Wars when they sold it for $4 billion. My goodness. Four <laughs> billion with a B. Right. <laughs> with a B. Wow. He's probably got a couple pairs of those white Nikes that he likes to wear, George Lucas. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he could wear a new pair every day for the rest of his life. Um, oh. Okay. So in the here's another bit of information. Uh, when they're doing the scene in uh, Yoda's little hut, Mark Hamill had to bang his head 16 times on the ceiling of the hut before director Irvin Kirshner was satisfied. It's pretty funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, let's see. When shooting on location in Norway, a fierce snowstorm hit the hotel where the cast and crew were staying. This would have normally halted filming, but... Irvin Kirshner thought these weather conditions were an excellent opportunity to show the scene where Luke wanders through the snow after escaping the Wampus Cave. He did this by sending Mark Hamill out into this cold by himself while he and the cameraman stayed inside and filmed from the hotel. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh my goodness. He's <laughs> like, we're, we're all going to stay in here, but you need to go out there into the snow. You, you need to go out there and Harrison Ford's going to shove you into a bunch of smelly guts. <laughs> Which... I always get confused with that scene. Does he put the entirety of Luke inside of the Tauntaun? Or is it just like, like does he pull all those guts out of the way first? Like, I don't understand um, what is happening, how that's going to keep him warm. Or does he like just like lay him up against the Tauntaun and the warm guts keep him warm? I'm not sure. I really don't think that matters. <laughs> it's pretty disgusting in any of, any of the final scenarios. <laughs> Did you know that Harrison Ford, or I mean Han Solo, is the only non-Force user to use a lightsaber in the original trilogy? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that was a question at a trivia night we went to. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, he just cuts him open. I don't know if it was the original trilogy. I'm trying to think in the prequel trilogy if any non-Force user uses a lightsaber. Um, that one I don't think so. 
And then in the sequel trilogy, at first we think that Finn is a non-Force user. Um, yeah, when it he, turns, when, out, turns out but, he has something going on. Yeah, he has a little something, something. Um, all right. Carrie Fisher. Oh. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Carrie Fisher stood on a box for many of her scenes with Harrison Ford in order to make up the height difference and have her appear in the same frame with Harrison. Uh, she is five foot one, and Harrison Ford is six foot one. Oh my so, goodness, <laughs> which was pretty funny. One last bit of trivia here: uh, having Han Solo frozen in carbonite was due to the fact that they were not sure that Harrison Ford would return for the third movie. When A New Hope was made, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill were signed for a three-movie deal, but Harrison Ford refused. Ford even requested George Lucas to kill off Solo since the character had played his part already, but Lucas refused, saying that he had a heroic role for him at the end of Return of the Jedi. So, pretty interesting. I had, in doing some research on this, I had read, uh, like, more than a few times how Harrison Ford wanted Lucas to kill him off in this movie, which I thought was very strange. An extremely successful movie, and you want to be killed off from it. I don't know. Maybe he had other people chomping at his... You know, wanted him wanted him to be in their movies, but I just don't think that's really strange. But well, and the the other interesting part is what does he go on to play after Star Wars, Indiana Jones? Right, exactly. So he just works with them even more after he kind of plays hardball with them. Well, that's not Lucas, Indiana Jones. Well, isn't it? It's Spielberg, I think, isn't it? Oh, it's Spielberg. Is okay, it? I don't know. Well, let me see. Hold on. Let, let's use the power I know of John, Google I, to find out. The internet. I know that John Williams did the music for it, but... Yes, it is George Lucas. Nah. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, story by George Lucas. Really? Yeah, I was kind of certain that Harrison Ford just kept rolling with Lucas. Okay, I, I knew it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, um, yeah, the story, the story was Lucas. Yep. Nice, nice. Well, he... I think the his first movie, Harrison Ford's first movie, was um, American Graffiti, American which was Graffiti, George Lucas. Which, yep, you got yeah. it. So, yeah, it does seem st- strange that he would have Lucas kill him off, but whatever. Maybe he doesn't like sci-fi movies. George Lucas made him a very, very rich man in the end. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, and that is your random Star Wars facts of the podcast. The Force will be with you, always. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. Oh, um, we have a a few answers from Discord. I want to include in here, so people don't know what Discord is. Um, it's like a online chat forum um, for like minded individuals, and we got a great group of people here. So I thought I'd ask them what their favorite parts were. And uh, Ice Cream Manatee said anything with Yoda is his favorite, um, which couldn't agree more with uh red leader which me and you know who these people are but the listeners don't know yep so we'll we'll keep their anonymity red leader says i remember watching force awakens and being amazed that kylo stopped the blaster bolt midair and thinking i had never seen anything like that before however when i rewatched empire later i realized vader takes two blaster shots to the hand and is completely unfazed i think that's pretty cool I think that's pretty cool, too. The mechanical hand probably has something to do with it, though, too. Yeah, I guess so. You don't think he used the force to absorb it? Oh, probably a little bit. 
which reminds me, we didn't really talk about Boba Fett a whole lot. This is his movie. I mean, we talked about him a little bit, but I mean, he doesn't really have much to do in Return of the Jedi. Also, in my remastered version of A New Hope, Boba Fett is in it. I meant to say that earlier. Oh. That's that scene where Han is talking to Jabba and the yeah, Falcons that's there. Right. He's standing over by the Falcon, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I forgot about but, that. Well, yeah. origi- I mean, originally this was his right. first appearance. Right, exactly. Exactly. But and, um, he, and he's Mandalorian, so you know, I got a soft spot for that. He's not Mandalorian though. Oh, he wears Mandalorian armor though. I guess if Man- if you consider Mandalorian a creed, then yes, yes it's he could be Mandalorian. It's it, a creed. He, now it is. Yeah, now it is. Yeah. Now it is. I don't know. I guess he is. We're not talking. In, we're not talking like Clone Wars here. In Clone Wars, they talk <laughs> about Jango Fett and say that he's not a Mandalorian. He just they don't know where he got that armor, but he stole the armor. He's not a Mandalorian. Oh, and so gotcha. Jango Fett raises Boba. Boba has the same sort of armor, and so he's not a Mandalorian by race, anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh. He must be a pretty good bounty hunter, though, because they have four or five bounty hunters lined up there to try and find mm-hmm. uh, Han Solo, and Boba is on it immediately. Like, the the Falcon is stuck to the back of the ship and floats off with the trash, and Boba is, like, right there after him. Like, he, like he knows exactly what's going on, where you don't see Bosk or IG-88 or anybody else like that the rest of the movie, so... Also, with the since we're talking about Boba, the slave one, have you ever thought how odd that thing must be to pilot? Yes, I have, especially in Attack of the Clones, when Obi-Wan is out on the ramp and like Boba is in the ship shooting at mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. And I'm like, he can't even see what he's shooting at because when it's landed, he, yeah, he's they're, laying on, the, when yeah, they're he's, laying on their back. He's looking like, straight he up in the air, it. yeah. Yeah, but it is a pretty cool ship. I mean, the fal- the Falcon is also got to be just so weird to pilot because oh, yeah. the, the cockpit's on, all the way off on the side. Yeah, Th- This also is not a good movie for the Falcon. No. Like, I yeah. love the ship, but the poor thing is, like, sick and dying the entire time. Yeah. Until R2-D2. From the very beginning, they're trying to repair it, yeah. Yeah, until Hyper- R2- Hyperdrive doesn't work the whole time. Yeah. And then R2-D2 yeah. comes to the rescue yet again. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny how when Han tries to take it into... Uh, hyperspace, hyperdrive, light speed, whatever. Um, he pushes the thing because he thinks he got it fixed, but it doesn't work. And he's like, it's not fair. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. And then and Lando, later in the Lando movie, Lando says thing. like the exact same thing. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. So that was pretty good. I love this the, is like a ship that they like both love, you know, and they're like. I also love um, the noise it makes. Yes. <laughs> I, I forget which. Uh, I don't know if it was just a YouTube video or one of the documentaries they show how they made that noise. There's like 11 noises or eight noises or something that they like put together. It's like that, that made that noise. And it's just like, uh, I forget his name. The guy, that, the sound designer, um, Bert Macklin. Um, <laughs> I can't remember his I think, name. I think he went on to be a famous FBI agent. <laughs> Bert Macklin on the case. Um, yeah. Anyways, that uh yeah always like that um also c3po says at one point he's trying to figure out why the hyperdrive isn't working and he says i don't know what language or i don't know 
where this ship learned to communicate, but its dialect is very strange or something. Well, isn't, I'm thinking, isn't L3? I was, was going to say, yeah. that's L3 he's talking all, about. Yeah, there. that's L3 in the Falcon. So, yeah, that was interesting. Obviously. Okay, Let, let's settle this too. Is it the Millennium Falcon or is it the Millennium Falcon? Well, the very first time it's ever mentioned, Han Solo calls it the Falcon. Yeah, that's so, right. That's right. Yeah, it's the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> it is the Falcon. <laughs> Um, shoot, I was gonna say something about something else about the oh the YT thirteen hundred YT thirty one, what is it? The I think it's a YT YT thirteen hundred. Yeah, the the ship type that it is. Right. So they had different variations. I learned this in this Hastings manual that I got for the, for this. Um, you know how like we have Hastings manuals for work that like show how to repair oh, stuff yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah. Well, they made these, or it's a Haynes. Is it Hastings or Haynes manual? I forget. But it's basically the same thing, yeah, how like a, the ship works, how yeah. to repair it, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like a technical manual. Yep. Right. Yeah, I have one of those for the Millennium Falcon. And uh, nice they cash. tell you how the uh, the cockpit can be at different places in the ship. And, like, you could have the one on the far right. You can have the one on the left. You can have the one in the middle. Um, and there's, like, escape pods at different places. The one, like, in the center. You could also put, like guns up in the center between like the two front prongs and stuff like that it's pretty interesting to see what other variations they have and when you put that cockpit in the middle it looks very similar to the ghost, to the ghost. I, was, yes. I knew where you were going yes it looks very similar and the ghost i forget the call or the model or serial or whatever of the ghost but they're pretty close but yeah yeah cool um okay we were talking about who who likes other stuff so Red Leader, I talked about him. Grand Moff Goku, our buddy. Grand Moff Goku on the Discord said his favorite song easily is the Imperial March. Yeah, buddy. His favorite line. What's that? I said, yeah, buddy. Yeah. His favorite line uh, is, I love you, I know, between Han and Leia. He says he really likes Han in this movie, and he would have to say Han is his favorite character. So, yeah, I could see that. And just because it's Grand Moff Goku, we have to remind him that Rogue One is a cinematic masterpiece. It truly is. Possibly the best movie to ever come out, ever. Except for Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why he doesn't like this movie, but he's going to have to get over it. Yeah, he Um, really is. Because I would say, without a doubt, that Rogue One is dope. (laughs) I had to throw that in. I seriously watched Rogue One before I watched Empire Strikes Back last week, and I was, like, by myself sitting, like, how does he not like this movie? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Poor Grand Moff Goku. He had yeah. some he had some traumatic experience probably happened to him when he watched it the first time. Yeah, probably. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> Anyways, so these answers came from our uh, friends on our Discord server, so you could also join the Discord server. Uh, it just costs like one or three dollars a month if you want. It's pretty fun. Do you do you think it's pretty fun, Jared? Oh yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, yeah, because you get to talk about Star Wars. We talk about other stuff too. There's been a lot of Lego talk lately. Um, but we talk about anything and everything. It's there's, just fun. There's been a little bit of psych talk as well. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> yeah. Well, me and Melody and Molly got most of it out in the last episode podcast uh, episode you, you so. got it out of your system finally <laughs> well i don't know i'm thinking about rewatching the series now so 
Um, yeah, so you can go to our Patreon website, patreon.com slash Sword of Star Wars. You can sign up there. There's a $1, 3 or $6 a month tier. And all of them get you access to our Discord server. Um, the $1 tier gets you to part of it. The $3 tier gets you to all of it. Um, and then you can bring a friend. Jared is a friend. He's a, he's a uh, what do we call him, a droid. Mm-hmm. Which is like Grand Moff Goku came in and brought Jared along with him, which is pretty cool. Because I'm glad to have anybody be a part of it. It's just a good time. So thank you to the patrons who contributed your thoughts. And thank you to all our patrons. That would be Aaron, Allie, Mots, Tyler, Dan, Casey, Valerie, and Tim. You guys are awesome. Coolest people in the galaxy. Thank you so much. Um, also, check us out on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Sword of Star Wars. And that's pretty much going to be it. Uh, thank you, Jared, for coming on absolutely it's been a lot of fun yes despite the technical difficulties at the at the front uh it was a good time so yeah we got we got a ton yeah and (laughs) i'll just have to watch it one more time get it get the movie up in the rankings a little bit more but i don't think it'll ever be phantom menace for me sorry i will i will never i won't accept any lower than four okay so i could have phantom menace rogue one rise of skywalker empire strikes back there you go and then, yeah, until you realize that you like Return of the Jedi better. I was going to say, then right before Empire Strikes Back <laughs> is Return of the Jedi, and right before that is Revenge of the Sith, and yeah, so, but yeah, good times, so uh, thanks everyone for listening, be safe, be courteous, bye! See you later, alligator. <laughs>